Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring in understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven will be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? So in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also will my heavenly Father do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. In these verses, the Lord Jesus deals with a deeply important subject, the forgiveness of injuries. We live in a wicked world, and it is a vain to expect that we can escape ill treatment, however carefully we may behave. To know how to conduct ourselves when we are ill-treated is of great importance to our souls. In the first place, the Lord Jesus lays it down as a general rule that we ought to forgive others to the uttermost. Peter puts the question, How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? He received for answer, I don't tell you seven times, but seventy-seven times. The rule laid down here must of course be interpreted with sober-minded qualification. Our Lord does not mean that offenses against the law of the land and the good order of society are to be passed over in silence. He does not mean that we are to allow people to commit thefts, and assaults with impunity. All that he means is that we are to exercise a general spirit of mercy and forgiveness towards our brethren. We are to bear much and to put up with much rather than quarrel. We are to look over much and submit to much rather than have any strife. We are to lay aside every like malice, strife, revenge, and retaliation. Such feelings are only fit for heathen. They are 
utterly unworthy of a disciple of Christ. What a happy world it would be if this rule of our Lord's was more better known and obeyed. How many of the miseries of mankind are occasioned by disputes, quarrels, lawsuits, and an obstinate tendency about what men call their rights? How many of them might be altogether avoided if men were more willing to forgive and more desirous for peace? Let us never forget that a fire cannot go burning without fuel. Just in the same way it takes two to make a quarrel, let us each resolve by God's grace that of these two we will never be one. Let us resolve to return good for evil and blessing for cursing, and so melt down enmity and change our foes into friends. Romans 12 verse 20. It was a fine feature of Archbishop Cramner's character that if you did him any injury, he was sure to be your friend. In the second place, our Lord supplies us with two powerful motives for exercising a forgiving spirit. He tells us a story of a man who owed an enormous sum to his master and had nothing to pay. Nevertheless, at the time of reckoning, his master had compassion on him and forgave him all. He tells us that this very man, after being forgiven himself, refused to forgive a fellow servant a trifling debt. He actually cast him into prison and would not abate a fragment of his demand. He tells us how punishment overtook this wicked and cruel man, who, after receiving mercy, ought surely to have shown mercy to others. And finally, he concludes the parable with the impressive words, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It is clear from this parable that one motive for forgiving others ought to be the recollection that we all need forgiveness at God's hands ourselves. Day after day, we are coming short in many things, leaving undone what we ought to do and doing what we ought not to do. Day after day, we require mercy and pardon. Our neighbor's offenses against us are mere trifles compared with our offenses against God. Surely, it adversely suits poor, erring creatures like us to be extreme in marking what is done amiss by our brethren or slow to forgive it. Another motive for forgiving others ought to be the recollection of the Day of Judgment and the standard by which we shall all be tried in that day. There will be no forgiveness in that day for unforgiving people. Such people would be unfit for heaven. They would not be able to value a dwelling place to which mercy is the only title, and in which mercy is the eternal subject of song. Surely, if we intend to stand at the right hand, when Jesus sits on the throne of his glory, we must learn while we are on earth, to forgive. Let these truths sink down deeply into our hearts. It is a melancholy fact that there are few Christian duties so little practice as that of forgiveness. It is sad to see how much bitterness, unmercifulness, spite, harshness, and unkindness there is among men. Yet there are few duties so strongly enforced in the New Testament scriptures as this duty is and few 
the neglect of which so clearly shuts a man out of the kingdom of God. Would we give proof that we are at peace with God, washed in Christ's blood, born of the Spirit, and made God's children by adoption and grace? Let us remember this passage. Like our Father in heaven, let us be forgiving. Has any man injured us? Let us this day forgive him. As Leighton says, we ought to forgive ourselves little and others much. Would we do good in the world? Would we have any influence on others and make them see the beauty of true religion? Let us remember this passage. Men who care not for doctrines can understand a forgiving temper. Would we grow in grace ourselves and become more holy in all our ways, words, and works? Let us remember this passage. Nothing so grieves the Holy Spirit and brings spiritual darkness over the soul as giving way to a quarrelsome and unforgiving temper. Ephesians 4, 30-32 That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. Amen.